Energy. Okay. Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime... F- well, okay, Vry, I have to do a clean take now because you chuckled. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, an editor at Anifem. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by fellow Anifem staffers, Caitlin and Vry, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Caitlin, um, writer, editor, technical editor for Anifem, um, reviewer at Anime News Network. No longer a reviewer at Daily Dot. It's okay. I'm not upset. <laughs> um, was that it? Uh, yep. Sorry, the okay. made it sound like I was continuing. Awkward. Sorry, there was... I was sleepy Caitlin today. There were ellipses at the end there, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm a managing editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. Uh, like Noe Malone, I freelance different places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at writervry or the podcast I co-host at Trash Pod. And today we will be looking back at the spring 2020 season, an odd season with uh, lots of delayed shows, um, but also some pleasant surprises and some uh, also pleasant surprises on the sequel front, I think. Um, and we will, we should definitely have time to talk about sequels this time, um, which we usually skip on the mid-season. Uh, so for folks, if this is your first podcast with us, uh, cool, welcome. Uh, we will be going through the list using our uh, Premier Digest, so we kind of start from the bottom of that list and work our way up. Um, we have those loosely categorized based on like feminist relevant topics and interests and things like that. Um, so we will be skipping over a lot of the bottom of this list because the three of us have not been watching these shows. And a lot of them are delayed, like Apare Ranman, we're all, I think, looking forward to it starting up again soon. Uh, we'll check in with that one for the summer season, I guess. I, I think episode um, four did go up today as we're recording, but, like, we haven't mm-hmm. had the chance to watch it, so. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that wouldn't be a retrospective anyway, so we'll get to it. It's no True. big deal. <laughs> um, I did just see, Caitlin, you did finish Sing Yesterday for me, though. So I, uh, I did. You want to hit um, us with some, some hot deets on that one? I have not heard great things. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of a bizarre ending. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I kind of did end up emotionally, mentally, uh, cognitively checking out towards the end. Um, I don't, God, I don't know how much to say other than that. It just wasn't really a satisfying ending. It was much like my intro, it ended with an ellipsis rather than a period. And <laughs> by the and honestly by that point I was pretty much just whatever, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, my understanding is they crammed like a lot of manga into the final episode that like mm-hmm. the way they paced it made meant made for like a very bizarre finale. Um Yeah. I have also that heard sense. that the I have also heard that the age gap concerns going into it are borne out in full. Uh, is that accurate? Yeah, it was real. It was really weird. With and it's like, okay. I honestly have 
less of an issue with Haru and Rikuo um, than I do with um, uh, Shinako and, God, what's his name? Her student. Oh, boy. The younger brother of her dead boyfriend. Oh, oh my boy. goodness. All right. There's a lot to unpack that's, there. That's and so they much. Didn't, they didn't actually get together at the end, but there, like I said, there was an ellipsis there that made me feel very awkward and concerned. Um, but also, like I said, I mentally checked out, so I might have tuned like back in for that instant and like totally misread what was going on. I'm sure there will be people yelling at me in the comments if I completely was completely off about it. So it's not a hundred percent clear if they're actually going to get together or not, yeah. kind of thing. Like it's yeah. there's a vagueness to it where like maybe not, maybe so. Yeah, I yeah I've seen some that kind of fits what I've seen about it. Like I've seen some interpretations of it where it's like, well, no, the way she worded it makes it sound like she was shutting him down and basically saying mm -hmm. you're important, but not a, but I'm not romantically interested. But I've seen other people who are like, mm, I don't think that's what was happening there. Yeah. So don't take uh, yeah. your students, y'all. Don't, don't, just don't, ever, regardless of the age. Yeah, that's uh, it's very predatory. Okay, so that was saying <laughs> yesterday for me. Anything, anything else you want to say on that uh, that glowing recommendation you just dropped on us? Um, I, it, I mean, it's pretty. It's a, it's a great looking show. Yeah, um, I have. Yeah, we talked about that changed. during the mid season as well. Is that it? Yeah. it looked really, really good. So it, it yeah, that hasn't changed. Someday um, Dogakoba will use their powers for good. Again. <laughs> uh, that's the studio that does sing yesterday for me, for the folks at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, okay, let's move on then. Because um, I do, I would, I think it would be nice if we clear out the bottom half quickly and then we can spend some time mm -hmm. chatting about the other stuff. Um, mm. You, Caitlin, also finished Tamayomi, uh, I, I believe sure for did. work more than anything else, but you did yes. finish it. Uh, <laughs> what were your, 100%. yeah, uh, what were your final thoughts on that one? so all right i'll try to keep it brief because i've already written a whole review so i could just rehash that entire review um but uh there are three things that are important for a sports show right one the sport two stakes not everyone's going to agree with me on that but i but for me it's important and three char compelling characters right mm-hmm yeah so Tamiyomi yeah. actually does pretty okay by the sport. Um, I'm not super into, I'm about as into baseball as I am into any other sport, which is to say not. Um, but okay. it, it seemed like it had a decent understanding of the new nuances of the sport in the latter half where they are like playing like a competitive uh, game against another school. It, actually picks like in the first episode it's like we're playing catch oh that you know that's great um and it's just very like lukewarm in the but in the second yeah second half of the show um like a lot of the nuances i think of baseball kind of come up like they're talking a lot about like the strategy of which pitch to use with which player when so on and so forth um so the sport is fine, and there are actually some pretty good shots of, particularly of Yomi pitching. Also, mm -hmm. a lot of shots of her butt and thighs. <laughs> um, 
there's also uh what is it stakes the stakes are actually could have been really interesting like they've got this disgraced club mm-hmm. um you know that like there's some some stuff going on with like people like people saying like the school stole players from other schools um the stakes could have yeah like i said the stakes could have been really interesting but the problem is the characters yeah because the characters are so boring that was the the, i dropped it at three and i kind of had the same reaction where like anytime they were playing baseball i was like oh this is kind of entertaining but the characters are very um or they were for the first three episodes anyway just like very archetypal and in like in in kind of bland ways like you can i think you can you can have fun with archetypes and and like you know uh make those entertaining um but yeah it was it was very like they sanded off rough edges kind of thing Mm -hmm. was my vibe on it too everyone was just kind of blandly pleasant yeah um now i would argue there's also a fourth ingredient that is not necessary to a good sports anime which is homoeroticism I feel like Tamayomi promised way more than it delivered with that. Like, most of it was Yoshino uh, poking random girls' thighs. Ugh, yeah, I did not care for that either in the early going. Yeah. No, Tamayomi's not not worthwhile. Yeah, better sports anime out there. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Once I, I'm, I'm in the middle of Princess Nine right now, and I, there's a pretty good chance that when I finish it, I'm going to start shoving it at people. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a good one to talk about too, um, and much more kind of ticks those checkboxes you were talking about a lot more mm-hmm. effectively. So, uh, okay, well that was Tama Yomi. Next on our list is Princess Connect, which right, shockingly, you're the only person on staff who didn't watch Princess Connect. <laughs> Um, or I the, watched of the a couple episodes staff, of anyway. it. Okay, it, you watched a couple episodes, fine. but and and I mean, you know, I it's there's nothing wrong with it. I just wasn't in the mood for that, like that that sort of hangout right now. So like maybe later. Fair enough. Um, I was a hundred percent in the mood for goofball fantasy hangouts. So I loved Princess Connect start to finish. Um, the ending is kind of a non-ending, so I mean that would be like my main critique with it is that it doesn't. It kind of resolves some character stuff, but doesn't really resolve. It actually like makes some reveals that would be great for a second season. So I'm hoping there is a second season. Um, I I had a great time with that one. I loved the cast. Um, I loved the uh, the low key shipping between Peko and Carol. I'm not even sure if it was low key. It might have been high key shipping between Peko and Carol <laughs> was very was good say, as well. I've got a screenshot on this week's links that says it's very high key. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, they're and just I mean they're developing relationship throughout the show and like uh, as they kind of form this family unit and go out and like help folks out and get into scrapes and make delicious and eat delicious food. Um, I, I think, I think things and there's and bugs. Oh, the bugs. Lots um, bugs. I don't, I don't think there's, I feel like I covered most of what 
I would say about Princess Connect in the mid season, like it pretty much stayed the course. It it definitely like the last few the last couple episodes got a little more serious, which is totally unsurprising for a show like this for them to like you know wrap it up on kind of a big action beat with emotional arcs type thing. Um, it was really well animated. The CG shadow monsters looked like really really good, like unnervingly. The way they moved was really like spooky, and I thought that was great. Um, and it had some nice emotional beats for the characters. And my main thought after it was, I want a season two so I can keep hanging out with these kids. How about you, Caitlin? Yeah, I'm pretty much with you on all counts. Um, I have not watched the last episode yet. Oh, okay. Um, just because I've been watching a, a lot of stuff to review. And mm-hmm. it kind of takes out the wind out of the some of the wind out of your sails with everything else. Yeah, I, I can um, say that. But, I mean, I... I I'm going to. I just have not yet. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's I would love to have like another season. Um, it just really makes me happy to spend time with these uh, kooky kids. And uh, yeah, I want to see how it goes. Yeah, um, they definitely um, had a good baseline and then I think developed the characters in ways that were like that made sense and were really charming mm-hmm. um, and I would like to but but yeah by the end of the final episode it's very much that sense of like our journey continues so I, I would love to see that continue um, because I think that would be I, I think there's there's enough material there and the, the there's clearly a lot of charm in the writing and like with the understanding of, of who these goofballs are that um, I think it would be it would be great to spend more time with them. So fingers crossed. Um, even if we don't, I, I would still I would still recommend it just with the understanding that it has it has more of an open ended conclusion than um, maybe maybe I was hoping. Um, but yeah, uh, nice show. Very enjoyable. 20, 25 minutes each week. Um, definitely a recommendation for me. So yeah, Princess Connect is great. And again, I think the stuff I said at mid season, you know, there's some of the costumes are ridiculous and like revealing and like big bouncy boobs, but like the camera's really pretty chill about it. There's some very mild fan service, but um, overall, uh, like unless that is just an automatic deal breaker, I, I don't think it's, I think it's not enough to really be a point of concern. So um, and again, it, it helps that the characters are, are written and have like personalities. So even when Pecco's boobs bounce a little bit, it's like, yeah, but you're also a person with like a, you know, a backstory and friendships and all that other stuff. You're not just an object. So, uh, yeah, Princess Connect. Good show. Okay. Uh, let us go on to the next one. Caitlin, did you finish listeners? No. Oh boy. How far did you get before you tapped out? Uh, no three episodes from the end yeah i forced myself to finish it at that point because sunk cost fallacy i guess (laughs) um listeners back half was increasingly convoluted nonsense um it did exactly and it also did exactly the thing i didn't want it to do which was uh, seriously take itself seriously but also like it became Echo's story about like having to rescue Mew, um, and it was not set up in a way that it even felt like well foreshadowed. Like through like the first half of the story, very much feels like it's about the two of them figuring out on their own like paths to like discover different things. Mm-hmm. And then there's like then they drop this weird plot bomb about how Mew is like 
I don't know. It very much reminded me of the first season of Rage of Bahamut, but Rage of Bahamut set up from like day one that the female character had like connections to this demon lord type thing and that like she could potentially destroy the world. Like that was set up from like episode one. Um, this was not. And so Mew has some weird connection with like the king of the earless who is called Listeners and starts to like and like launches this there's this big attack and i don't know i honestly don't know how to explain it because the last few episodes are nonsense and pretty much almost everyone i've talked to who did finish it was like what the hell did i just watch um it tried to say a nice thing at the end about like xenophobia is bad i guess like there was this like immigration undercurrent with the earless and like this idea of like accepting differences and 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 being willing to live among each other and like once people stop treating the earless like monsters they stop looking like monsters and like that's neat but again everything around it is nonsense and is not handled particularly delicately so uh i cannot in any good faith recommend listeners um the last half was exhausting and again i really didn't like what they did with Mew, where they kind of damseled her um yeah echo story that was very frustrating yeah, it was really at its best when it was just a silly uh, kind of anthology series where they bounce around in different musical genres. Yeah, like a music road trip show. Um, and I, I mean, I knew that eventually they would come, it would come to a head with some of the plot stuff that had been circling around, like her trying to find her brother and stuff. But I feel like they went like the exact worst way they could have with that. Um, so instead of it being about like, you know, Echo and Mew forming a team up and um, going up against the big bad or whatever, like, yeah, I really did not care for the way it wrapped up. So that was listeners, I guess. I finished it. Um, it's one of the few shows I've ever finished and then given like a one star rating because I was like, that was just bad. Like, I didn't hate it. I truly, I truly didn't hate watching it or I wouldn't have finished it. But I got to the end and I was like, I cannot in good conscience say that was good by any metric <laughs> of storytelling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, listeners, you, you, you tried, I guess. I'll give no. you a you tried sticker. That's about it. Um, Next up, though, uh, I think we both finished, because I remember you talking about this, Caitlin, uh, Kakushigoto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, finished that one. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking for a bit. Would you like to kick us off with Kakushigoto? Yeah, so Kakushigoto, the conclusion didn't really work for me. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that, I, I want to be clear, I really enjoyed Kakushigoto right up into the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um. However, I think the last episode dropped a lot of stuff that did not feel earned mm-hmm. um, because it went from like, you know, this occasionally kind of bittersweet single dad comedy and also a workplace comedy um, to the f- with, you know, all the foreshadowing with the flash forwards to being almost immediately just as complete soap opera there was a lot of stuff that was not really seated in previous episodes at all that was my biggest issue with it was um especially a lot of the stuff with her mom and like and like the fact that he had he she had like she disappeared and i mean she was almost certainly dead because it was like a boating accident but uh the fact that he kept trying to look for her like none of that there were no hints at that like there was absolutely like it was like oh he's sad and he misses his wife it was normal 
like normal widower sort of tiger and bunny sort of um character stuff um but like and then like the the amnesia storyline yeah like i i figured her dad was either like based on the way the flash forwards were going i figured he was like at this point when she's 18 years old, I figured he was somehow not involved in her life. So the fact that he was like in a coma and the way the coma came about, I thought was like very on point for the story. Um, He basically gets crushed under a bunch of jump magazines. (laughs) Um, Like there are certain things about the finale I really liked. And I I liked the way that um, trying not to spoil too much for folks who do want to watch it. Cause I would still recommend it, even though the last episode gets like you said, like soapy and some of the plot points are not well seated beforehand. Um, the, the kind of main beats between her and her dad and like her kind of figuring out his secret. And then you find out that she's kind of got her own secret. And um, I thought that was really sweet, but yeah, I agree. I feel like they crammed a lot of like dramatic beats into the last episode that were, out of nowhere and were then rushed because they only had an episode to do them in. Yeah. Um, like there, there was some stuff that I really feel could have worked a lot better mm-hmm. without, if it were not so crammed in. Um, and the foreshadowing that was there in the previous episodes was, was good, but it mm-hmm. was just so much. You know, there's a way to do that without making it totally maudlin. And I feel like the pacing issue is such a common thing in modern anime because it's like, well, you can either, because a lot of series it's like, well, you can either have not quite enough time to tell the story well in 13 episodes or have way more time than you need and thus have to have a bunch of filler in 24 episodes. So take your pick probably be 12 episodes because that's just how it is these days yeah and i think for the most part it you know it it told a a more or less complete story but again the fact that it tried to throw in a lot of plot stuff at the end went up to that point it had really been a comedic slice of life and a good one uh again at the mid-season mark you know i talked about a few kind of points of concern as far as like cultural insensitivity um but Overall, I, I think it was a, I think it was a fun comedy. I think it hit a lot of really kind of on point beats for um, artists and working in the comic book and working working in the manga industry, and um, would hit these these really nice moments with him and his daughter. Um, yeah, so I really liked it up until the end. The ending was a little bit of a mess, but you know what? I still teared up a little bit. So <laughs> they did something right <laughs> for me, anyway. Um, yeah, so. Would you recommend it, Caitlin, even with the finale kind of leaving yeah. you cold? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good then. Yeah. So folks at home, if you're looking for a backlog show that you were maybe sitting on, um, Kakushi Goto, uh, barring the, the yellow flag uh, points that I mentioned in the mid-season, um, I think. I think it's I think it's a good one. Um, again, it's 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 a nice it's another nice like twenty five minutes a week, uh, that usually got a, a good giggle out of me at least once. So I appreciated that about it. Uh, okay, the next one, Vry, you can talk about this a little bit. We didn't really, we didn't get into this one at the mid-season. Uh, Gallon Dino. I know it is on break because of, you know, 2020, but, um, they still made it, they still, yeah, but they still made it past the midway mark, right? Or, like, just, like, they made it to the midway mark before they took their break. 
Yeah, I'm honestly uncertain as to what's going on with it. There haven't, it's just announced it's on hiatus right now, uh, but rather than staying paused, I know ANN announced that they, like, replayed, that they did, like, a five-episode rerun when other shows were kind of starting to ramp back up to, to airing again, and part of me wonders if that's just gonna be it, because, like, the show is very episodic and it has a heavy live action component and i just don't know how they get back to doing that with the everything which you know is yeah especially because a lot of the watching the show is very odd in a good way uh it reminds me of when i was younger and i would watch anime that i could tell were referencing this other these other works but i wasn't necessarily sure what they were except in this case it's all of the it's it's all of the weird underground comedians that the creative team is fans of because the the live action segments will just be you know, somebody in the mascot suit and then s- there will be a special guest appearance by these people who are like either famous for being on television for years or just comedy acts from review shows or uh, or live action competitions and they'll do their bits on this television show. And it's very, I have a TV show now. I'm going to get these comedians I like to come on. And then they will hear you here and they will hang out with us. And that'll be great. And it kind of is great. I (laughs) I have no idea what's going on half the time, but I am pleased by it. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird recommendation. I love it. (laughs) I don't understand it, but it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And the animation bits are just nice because it's it's very low key you know it's a very weed and chill show i said in the three up and that's pretty much still uh-huh. true um yeah. but I, I just love how how committed it is to putting the artistic uh bylines front and center and really celebrating mm-hmm. that aspect of the show and you know it's it's not really doing anything different across any seven of these episodes but it's just nice and fun to watch if you are somebody who enjoys that more technical aspect. And I don't know. I like it. I hope they make the other five episodes, but if they don't, it's also a, a show I would still recommend as like a pleasant seven episode OVA, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's good to know. So uh, any, anything listeners should be uh, clued in on that might be like a concerning or a yellow or a flag or a deal breaker or anything like that. Not really. No, honestly, for having yeah. a, a gal as the main character, it's, it's very positive about her. You know, she makes, she has an annoying ex-boyfriend who is a little bit pushy, but it's not really like gross, you know, mm-hmm. and she makes friends with one of her female co-workers and they hang out and it's a very gentle show. That's and nice. I'm That's good to glad know. it exists. Yeah. I, I hope that they're able to, I hope they are able to come back so you can get the, you can get the full core out of that one for sure. So, um, yeah, another another pleasant one to check out, folks, if you are interested in some uh, silly, nice comedy. Yeah. If you liked like um, the felt work se- sequences in Pop Team Epic, very vibe like that. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I remember you you did say you thought it was a little bit like Pop Team Epic, but maybe maybe kinder, a little sweeter, a little but, more yeah. chill. Um, yeah, gentler and more less chill. Frenetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, good option for folks at home as well. Uh, the next two, Vry, I will allow you to touch on if you want to. Um, they didn't get very far. 
uh, Digimon Adventure colon, as we're calling it, um, <laughs> or, and Diary and Diary of Our Days at Breakwater. Uh, both of those uh, took a break, uh, were delayed pretty early in their run. Um, I know you were keeping up with them. I don't think we really touched them at the mid-season, so if there's anything in particular you want to say about either of them, um, I'm giving you the option now. Um, I mean, there's not really much to add. Uh, well, with Breakwater, there hasn't been any new episodes. I think those are starting again next week, so you can just read the three-episode check-in, and that's kind of what the show is. Uh, sure. Digimon has had one new episode since the break, which was uh, Sora's episode, which was... Mm-hmm. Good and nice. She got a focal episode. Uh, I was happy with it. But again, it's too soon to see what the narrative is doing. So I guess we'll check back in in a future uh, pod- seasonal podcast with that. It still looks yeah, nice. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, for mm-hmm. the Digimon fans at home. Uh, maybe give this one a try and we will check back in with it later. Uh, okay, that, so I... Typically, I just skip over the ones that we're that none of us are watching, but I do want to make a quick note that Tower of God is kind of the big gap um, in the podcast this time around. None of the three of us were watching Tower of God. I know it was a popular show, so probably we should have, but there's a lot of other things to watch, and I think we're all in that place where we enjoy shonen. We like like action fantasy type series, but it can be very hard to commit to one that you know is like ongoing for 10 years and God knows how many episodes there's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's where I was on it. Um, and, and Brian, I know we've had similar conversations where it's like, do I really want to commit to this? So yeah. none of us have watched Tower of God. There was a lot of conversation around it, especially the last couple episodes. I don't, I'm worried that if I try to talk about it, it will be a lot of hearsay and I won't get the details right. And I don't want to, I don't even want to like att- accidentally step on that landmine. Um, so uh, folks at home, like, I think we've got, I know we had an article pitched to us, so hopefully that'll be up at some point. You can talk about it there. Feel free to talk about it in the comments. Um, if it gets a season two, we will make an effort. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but uh, we will be, we will be skipping over that one and moving on to the next one, which I think was a favorite of basically everybody who was watching it, which was everybody um, on the core team. Uh, my next life as a villainess. Yay. It good. Caitlin, you've been it yeah, it was uh I wanna wait to talk about it since I've also read the light novels. Uh Caitlin, you haven't uh you've been a little bit quiet for a bit here. Uh what are your th- what what were your thoughts on Villainous? Uh it was I mean it was a really lovely show. Um made me happy every week. Um and it's just it's nice seeing Katarina sort of win the day by not being bland but being kind um and caring and um you know i know some people weren't super hot on sort of the last last twist but i really liked it um with a god serious dick Oh, I was going to say, we don't, we, I don't want to give away too much for folks at home who are like listening to this to get, um, yeah. Recommendations. So I mean, yeah, I'll there do, is I'll a plot twist involving a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say serious dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, cause I am an adult. Um, and yeah, like, so I was actually having this discussion earlier with, with my husband, Jared. Um, 
and we were talking about once again length of shows mm-hmm. um and i personally would have think that it would have benefited the show a lot to sort of have an extra core so that we can have some more character focused episodes spend some time with the other characters because i feel like we got to know them more as most of them more as children than we did as adults except for maria and um serious dick uh, <laughs> um so i i would have really liked to have um spent some more time with the characters but all in all i'm satisfied um i think this it told the story it needed to tell uh i'm not sure what the second season is going to look like yeah uh the second season is well i shouldn't make any i shouldn't actually say anything about it because um the anime improved the light novels in almost every conceivable way i think about the only thing that we did lose is a little bit of that extra character uh work that you're talking about caitlin because the books do give you like the the way they're written is kind of interesting because each chapter you'll get half the chapter from Katarina's perspective and then the second half of the chapter from somebody else's from another character that she's like been interacting with type thing mm-hmm. um and on the one hand it does lead to like you kind of have the scene repeated to you which can be a little tedious to read um but you also get throughout that like their perspective on what's happening and some flashbacks and and backstory information on them um i really like that the the anime worked in some side story stuff in the middle to give you more time to hang out with the cast as a group and i thought they did a really good job with sophia especially um during that stretch yeah um i yeah i was really really pleased with this adaptation i appreciate the crew um i had said in my premiere review that this was going to be kind of a problem that this was kind of a problematic fave for me because it um, while it definitely had a bisexual harem, there was a lot of like no homoing um, in the books as far as like the in, the internal monologue type stuff. Uh, that was completely dropped from the anime, which was wonderful. Um, so it really was just a bisexual harem with an extremely <laughs> oblivious protagonist, uh, which I appreciate. And um, and and kind of in a kind of in a normalizing sort of way right like it's not really called mm-hmm. attention to other than a couple of times where katarina maybe like makes an assumption about like oh well are there any boys you like and the girl is like there aren't any boys <laughs> <laughs> which at least feels was... a little bit more normal right it feels it feels mm-hmm. a little bit more like katarina just has this particular like gap in her knowledge or this assumption mm-hmm. that the other characters don't have um as opposed to the sense of like, well, I'm not like that, which sometimes mm-hmm. happens in the books and can be frustrating. Uh, Although so by I the end, the anime it, didn't it, do that. it did stre- stretch credulity for me a little bit by the end when you've got, you know, because she is ostensibly a nerd from 2020, uh, our world. And you have that, that final moment with Maria where I kind of wanted them to, I didn't necessarily need her to get it, get it, but they doubled down on the obliviousness so thoroughly that I, I was a little bit frustrated. That's fair. No, that's fair. I I genuinely love the ending. And again, I don't want to give stuff away for folks at home um, because I just, it feels like such a Katarina thing to do to have to, to get, to get ending X and think you got this, you think you got ending Y um, <laughs> because you're so, because she's so convinced that she's not the hero. She's the villain. And um and what that means for her. And I, I think that that is part of the strength of her character 
is the sense of like, well, I'm not the protagonist. So clearly I'm not the one everybody's paying attention to. Um, you know, I can't come in and save the day, but I can like be there for you while you're going through your troubles. Um, I think that's like a really nice point that the series makes with her. Uh, but no, I, I totally understand your, your frustration at the end. If you're, especially if you're looking for like, this is not a series with an explicit ship. Like it's, it's, I mean, it kind of is, but, um, it's, it's a lot of like kind of ship teasing and then, and then really like, again, that, that harem vibe to it, um, Mm -hmm. in a way that, most shows stumble all over and I think this one does a better job with. Um, they also cut out a lot of the the boys being like super possessive and weird. Like some of it's still there because you can't cut it out entirely. But um, overall, I thought this was a really good adaptation of the source material. And I have zero desire for a season two, um, but we'll see how it goes. I'm perfectly happy pretending this is a, a 12 episode um, complete story because I think the ending is is very on point for the series and the character yeah i've heard that the like this was like this initial arc was really everything that was originally planned Mm -hmm. it was planned to be a two volume uh like light novel miniseries um and that is what they covered in the anime which is what i was hoping they would do is just take time to do two volumes in in 12 episodes um but it was popular and so the editor was like i mean the you know whoever makes these decisions was like do you want to keep going and the author was like Sure. Um, so, I mean, I'll be curious to see how the anime does it. Um, I read one more light novel after this, and it really just kind of felt like filler. And, like, they started to fall into the Otome-style tropes that I'm maybe not mm-hmm. as fond of, as opposed to sort of playing with them like they do in these early uh, volumes. Uh, so, I I think, is it fair to say we all recommend it? <laughs> Yeah. Very highly. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a heck of yeah. a great time watching this. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I didn't really stop to uh ask you like your thoughts on it. I just I knew that you had been enjoying it, so No, um, did you uh, want to add anything really good. to the convo? Not really. I mean I I also just I think I really don't think it can sustain a second season because I think you're right, it, it maintains the sort of harem dynamic tension well for 12 episodes and if Mm -hmm. it were to continue any longer without actually picking a romantic tension it wanted to develop through to a conclusion it would be insufferable yeah yeah i think yeah like at a certain point katarina does need to get it um at you know to some degree like even if that degree is oh but i don't feel the same way because sometimes katarina does give off pretty strong arrow vibes um (laughs) But I mean, yeah. Again, like, I feel like the, like I don't want to say that and then be like, it's Arrow Rep because I she is she is the quintessential like shoujo otome oblivious protagonist. Um, right, because she does get flustered now and then too. She does, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but you can you can be Arrow and have sexual attraction to people. Um, Fair. But uh, sorry, my point is just that uh, like I think I think those vibes are are there because, but it's not like you know, intentional from the crew. It's, um, she is intended to be almost a parody of the oblivious protagonist. Um, cause again, the series does kind of play with some of those tropes in ways that I think is really fun and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we all had a good time with it and, uh, would recommend folks, folks check it out for, um, your, your, yeah, your bisexual harem shenanigans needs um it hits its emotional beats well too like i was i was really pleased with the way like again especially the stuff with sophia i thought was really good so 
Hooray. Okay. Next up is a problematic fave, if ever there was one. Caitlin, would you like to start by talking about Wave Listen to Me? Yes. Okay. So I still really like Wave Listen to Me. Um, let's be real. Minare is not a nice person. Um, I don't know if I have anything super new to add since um, since the mid-season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a definitely a character-driven show. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it were focused 100% solely on Minari all the time, um, it probably would have been weaker. But we get some glimpses at other characters who are also mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, yeah. I've really been interested in... Uh, God, what's her name? The sister of the guy who was in the car crash. Yeah, Makie's whole storyline, I think, is mm-hmm. really interesting with her brother and, like, trying to get away from him. Um, I think that's really compelling. Uh, I continue to love um, Chuya's older sister. She's great, right? Baby. Like, she's, yeah. She's my favorite character. I wish we got to see her more. Yeah, she steals um, every scene she's in because she's just such she, she's such a presence, and I love her. Yeah, she really does, and I love her because like she like she's not pretty, obviously, like, but she's still like very human, and she's very like compact, like she's very like perceptive and mm-hmm. on top of things, and yeah, um, yeah. No, I wish we got to spend more time with her, um, and listen, Minare. She's not a nice person. No. Um, but she's I mostly love... just a she's mostly just a self-centered disaster, like doesn't think necessarily about other people, except for the fact that she's a homophobe. If she yes. wasn't such a fucking homophobe, despite the fact that she's clearly attracted to Mizuho. Yes. Um like this is, yes, this is an issue. It's such a weird element where like she's she like clearly wants to hook up with Mizuho, um, but is also a total homophobe to her her uh, gay boss. And like pretty much any time she thinks a guy isn't into her, then oh, it must be because he's gay. Um, if it weren't for that element of her, which is such a sticking point, mm-hmm. she would. I think she'd be a lot more enjoyable because yeah. it would just be you because. Other than that, when people, when she does something and screws up, she's like, oh boy, I really screwed up. That was a bad thing I did. Um, And it's very much that sense of like, she just doesn't think about it before she does it. And then she feels bad about it. And it's like trying to correct that Mm -hmm. behavior. Because she even talks about like, like, I'm such a mess. I keep hurting people and I don't mean to. um, And I'm hoping to do better. Um, She she wants to improve, like, which is really interesting. And like have that whole arc with her and Mitsuo where you can see sort of how she fell into his trap because that was so good the mitsuo stuff with her ex-boyfriend was so good because that whole episode i'm like oh god is the show gonna pull some kind of like switcheroo where it turns Mm -hmm. out that like her reading of this guy was completely wrong and he's actually like fine no he's he's a piece of trash yeah no but it's weird because you can still but you can also still see like why she was attracted to him oh it's a really smart way to show how like charming garbage people especially dudes continue to get away with stuff like and then to like call him out on that at the end was so satisfying because he can play it off as just kind of being like oh very gormless like oh Mm -hmm. darn it i didn't mean to do this and but he is 
but then also he says stuff like you really should wear you know light lipstick and it's like shut up dude but he's emotionally manipulative in a like an exceptionally like yeah uh, quietly like dangerous way um and i'm i'm glad that i'm glad that i like the i really like the way that Mm -hmm. ended again not to give too much away for Mm -hmm. folks at home but the, the homophobia is such an issue, and the problem is also not just that Minari is a homophobe, but, like, the fact that it kind of plays it straight. Like, it's not, like, this is such a small thing. Like, in the last episode, it shows her boss, like, reaching towards uh, the Tachibana brother's butt mm-hmm. and then, like, snatching his hand away. And it's just like, really, y'all... Can, yeah, I can we not? I mean, I'd like to think maybe the two of them get together, and that, and he was making a move because the other guy was also into him. But like, they've they clearly like made him like this overly handsy, like somewhat predatory, yeah, stereotype character. So you can tell it's not like a lot of Minari's like, wow, Minari is being crappy. The show is like, yeah, we agree, Minari is being crappy right now. Um, that element feels like it's baked into the narrative. And so like, that's, that's a big, makes it, it makes it so hard to, uh, it makes it so hard to recommend it when Mm -hmm. just about everything else about it, I really enjoyed, especially once it kind of got away from like name drop, like making like radio in, in, inside jokes, like the weirder and more into Minari's like, you know, new job and her past relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely enjoyed the last like seven episodes or so other than these like few really sour moments in there. Great last episode. Um, Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not. (laughs) D, I'm glad you're with me on this because I, am, I was yeah. so worried that I was going to be the one like sitting there being like, I really, I, I still really like it, and y'all be, would be like, but the homophobia, and I'd be like, I know. It's, I- oh yeah, no, that's and again and again, it's so weird because of how much it seems like it's playing. I can't tell if it's trying to play for laughs or play for like it feels like it's playing sincerely the fact that Minari has a crush on Mizuho. Um, yeah. Like when she and leans she, over to like she, like like give her the to like have her listen to a song or something and like she's like getting up in her face and Minari has this interior monologue that's like oh shit is she gonna kiss me is this happening am I cool with this yes I am and I'm like <laughs> really are we not going to investigate this at all um, so it's 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 weird and it's uh yeah absolutely a sour point it's like I forget what show it was Rai that you described one time as like. Oh, it was made in abyss. Like <laughs> somebody's playing like a beautiful melody, and then every once in a while they just bang on all the wrong keys at the same time. <laughs> uh, that is that is often what that is what Wave feels like anytime it anytime it touches yeah. on like the stuff with That's her boss. A great and ugh, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, so it's yeah, it's one of those where it's like I ended up I ended up enjoying it because again I almost dropped it after the third episode because the third episode was just awful, like just nasty in a lot of ways. Um, and I wound up sticking with it and I'm glad I did. And I did end up liking it quite a lot. Um, but it is, it is a really difficult recommendation because of those, those bursts of homophobia that, that pop up every so often. So I don't know, folks at home, it's up to you, <laughs> I guess, uh, as to how much of, how much of that you, you think you can, you can take, um, in relation to the other stuff around it that is in some ways a progressive story about like, you know, women in the workplace and like trying to uh, live your own life and like, you know, freedom and mm-hmm. empowerment and all this stuff. And it's like, why did Raw you have to put women. this? Sh- yeah. Like, why did you have to put this shit in this show? That's about like, you know, 
I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So I did. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one, Caitlin. And it's 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 definitely like problematic fave territory by the end of it. I think so. Um, I'd like to believe the series would eventually address and rectify the homophobia stuff. I don't have a lot of confidence that it will. So, um, I think that's just like one of those things where, yeah, folks at home, it's up to you. Um, that's probably all we can say about wave. Can you think of anything else you want to throw in there, Caitlin? No. Okay. Yeah. We're coming up close to the top of the hour too. So I want to make sure we have a little bit of time for sequels. Um, Arte, did you end up finishing Arte? Caitlin? I did. Okay. Was, what were your thoughts? Uh, it was kind of a nothing. So. Yeah, it was pleasant. I liked the Venice arc. I liked some of the stuff it tried to mm-hmm. it tried to say about um, privilege and classism. And I I thought the the part where Arte kind of when she starts to she gets a job offer that is in part because she is a woman that like they want her to tutor their daughter and like do this painting in addition to that kind of thing. Um, and somebody like not even maliciously sort of makes a comment about like, oh yeah, being a woman painter, you have opportunities that I won't. And she has this moment where she starts to like panic and be like, well, I have to work super extra hard to prove that it's not Mm -hmm. just because of that. And, um, I thought that was bit of intersectionality right there yeah absolutely and the fact that she's a noble and like kind of coming Mm -hmm. to terms with the fact that oh the fact that I do have this noble background opens up some doors for me that wouldn't be open for other people um and I think that's and 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 also that sense of like that anxiety about then suddenly needing to overcompensate like oh god they only hired me because of this this thing about my identity that I you know can't necessarily change um so now I need to like work myself to the bone to to assure people that it's not just because of this it's because i have talent um and her kind of coming to terms with like and then they have this nice little moment where she realizes um yeah this is a part of who i am and and that is a part of like my strengths and weaknesses are is you know my past experiences and my lived experiences and so i think the show touches on some really nice stuff uh, maybe it's just that the adaptation is kind of flat um yeah because know. it on paper, there's a lot of things about it I really like, but when I'm watching it, mm-hmm. I find myself sort of zoning out a little bit. So that's where I was with it. How about you? Yeah, I, I so in my first episode review, I kind of touched on like, you know, I think this is more interesting than it could be like, because Arte is like, she's got this kind of like anger and frustration at her uh the restrictions placed on her because she's a woman and that does come up every so often and there are like a few like these like sparks of interesting stuff but mostly it's just mostly it is arte has you know arte is works really hard and proves herself and you know isn't that great and yeah the venice arc was definitely more interesting and i liked that how it sort of did look at like you know how nobles have restrictions in what is considered right and proper but it 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 does not compare to how the lower classes are restricted mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just it was what i hoped it wouldn't be basically. yeah and i and i tend to like those more like sort of gentle chill out shows but when you do it like that you really need to have there needs to be a lot of charm in the adaptation i think in terms of like just um 
direction, storyboarding, music, like you really have to bring it all together. Like I know, mm-hmm. I know it's not with the red hair bored you, but I adored it. And part of it was because it is this whole, it's, it's such a well-produced work in terms of like, um, bringing you into this world and kind of like, um, lulling you with the characters and making everything feel very real and breathed. And so like, it's like sipping a cup of hot cocoa is the way I describe it. Whereas with Arte, I don't think it ever, it never quite got there. Arte is like sipping a a tepid, oversweetened tea. Yeah. It's, it's too lukewarm. Like it didn't, I think that, I think that if that's, if that's the style you're going to go for, like if you're going to go for something that's a little bit more on the Yashike side, which is absolutely like uh, chilling, uh, chill, soothing, healing for folks at home. who don't know that word. Um, it, it really has to be a top-to-bottom production effort, um, and it's mm-hmm. why it's really hard for shows to do it. Laidback Camp succeeded. I think Snow White with the Red Hair succeeded. Um, but, um, and I just I just think that Arte was not uh, the kind of, yeah, I just don't think it, it could pull that off exactly. So on paper, there's a lot to like about it. I would not warn anybody away from it. There's nothing really about it where I'm like, ooh, that was really bad. Um but it's it's a tough it's not one that I'm necessarily going to expend a lot of words on to recommend it as well. It's like, yeah, if you want to check it out, go for it. That's kind of where I am with Arte, which is again unfortunate given that it was doing a lot of the kind of stuff that we here at Anime Feminist would like to see shows do. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, but sometimes sometimes a work just doesn't doesn't ping for you even if even if it looks good on paper. So is what it is, I guess. Um, okay, we have a little bit of time, so I do want to I do want to talk about sequels a little bit here. Uh, let's skip Fruits Basket because it's ongoing and the summer season is going to be uh, small as far as like number of shows. So we'll have time to talk about it then. Uh, let's talk about Kaguya-sama. Vry, welcome back to the conversation. Season two is an improvement on season one in basically every conceivable way. <laughs> It's so good. And I'm so mad that it's languishing on Funimation where nobody watched it. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you, um, I-, I wrote up the rec for season one of Kaguya because I did like it, but it had these sort of drawbacks for me where it kind of, I felt like. You hate Ishigami. You hate Ishigami. I hated him so much. I hated him. Oh, I hated him, him too. So much. Yeah. And I hated and I Ishigami. Also- mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and then that uh, middle arc, the, the middle, like, sickness arc really soured the last half of the show for me in a way that Yeah, was there were definitely, from. there were moments in the show where it felt like it just slipped into doing the thing that it was supposedly making fun of its, you know, sort of unknowledgeable teenage characters for falling into these gendered assumptions. And then occasionally it would just do the thing where these characters are like, oh no, uh, why didn't, you know the 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 sickness arc was bad but um yeah and just sort of this gendered heteronormativity stuff and season two very very occasionally still touches on that ground but it's almost completely done away with and it feels a lot more grounded in its characters who just blossom out beautifully like i still think uh shirogane and kaguya are very sweet and i want these nice kids to have a relationship together but i think the show's real strength is as a found family comedy, which really gives it so much more in the way of legs than I had expected it to do, including a really good arc for Ishigami that I'm still kind of impressed with because on paper, it sounds like some nice guy bullshit. Um, And it it, it worked really hard to tap dance around the worst implications of, of that type of plot. 
and and do a lot of stuff with helping his his character grow and develop um and sort of mm-hmm. acknowledge his past toxic behavior i was really impressed with this season i had a great time with it yeah the i what i really like about the ishigami arc is that he makes a conscious effort to to tr- to try to change too mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like the show acknowledges it and he acknowledges it. Like I shouldn't, like I used to be like a super misanthrope. And this was before, like this is all stuff that was already baked into his character before this kind of traumatic event happens mm-hmm. that you find out about later in the show. Like this was part of him as he was still like this loner who kept to himself and was kind of like uh, snubbing his nose at some of the other kids. Um, and I, yeah. I do like that the show has him go, that was wrong of me. I'm going to try to do things differently. And yeah, it's... It's good yeah. because so often you have these dirtbag characters in these comedies and maybe it's a little harsh to call Ishigami a dirtbag, but you know what I mean, right? Like he's, he's not like there's always that one character that school. Yeah. Well, it's that idea that like this character sucks and everybody kind of knows it and they keep calling him out on it, but so often, which is what happened a lot in season one, like he was generally punished for being a dick. Um, but it felt like nothing was, it's like, but if nothing ever changes, then you're not really like actually coming down on that behavior, you know? Like, you're mm-hmm. still allowing it to exist. These people are still hanging out with this person, um, yeah. which is the biggest issue with Mineta is he never gets better, but nobody, like, does anything. Nobody does anything real about it other than, like, comedically hitting him sometimes. Anyway, this is not about My Hero Academia. Um, so I like that Ishigami actually does start to acknowledge his behavior as harmful and makes changes to it and like you know his relationship with the student council has an impact on him in terms of like just changing the way he thinks based on his interactions with them mm-hmm. um it's really well done it does like he does change partially just by virtue of spending time with the other student council members and um uh sort of you know they are better and they help make him better but also like the fact that he consciously decided to go and join basically the pep squad mm-hmm. when he's just like, he's just like some normie bullshit. Why am I here? But, you know, also he tries it and he ends up really enjoying it. And it, uh, there's a real sense that it's like, this is, he has consciously decided that he cannot continue how he was and therefore, he should join this thing to try to change, to try to shake off that that negative part of himself. And I'm really like, I don't think enough stories show change as something that you have to consciously strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really appreciate that. And honestly, I'm very proud of him. Like, mm-hmm. I never hated Ishigami like you guys did. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm, I'm just very, like, it makes me really happy to see him um, start trying to move towards a better place. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you see that with some of the other characters as well. Like, I think Kaguya also is a character who um, has this kind of a similar background in terms of was very isolated just from sort of a different angle. And, you know, her efforts to connect with the other council members and some of the some of the weirdness between her and Shiragane has dropped off a lot from season one. Um, so it's less about like these manipulative behaviors as it is more like, I'm just shy and I would like him to do it instead because I'm shy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's, I think we were worried, I think you and I were both kind of worried about what a season two of the show would look like because so often with comedies like this, 
there's not really any change or like forward momentum. Um, and so I'm really impressed with the way Kaguya-sama has made efforts to show gradual but like significant character growth um, mm-hmm. for, for multiple individuals and add new characters and, you know, do some good stuff with them too. Uh, so I'm yeah. impressed. I really like season two and I, I hope we get a third season because Hatakayama is in a great director and this material like clearly has legs. Like I would be okay watching these, these kids through the next you know year or whatever of school. I do. Even though the setup sort of implies that the show ends when one of them confesses, I do kind of hope they find a way to get around that because I really oh, think they're, do. Oh, great. Good to know. Cause like, I, I really want <laughs> to see them explore like these two doing early dating stuff and being mm-hmm. being doofuses about it oh my god yeah so yay for That's... that third season please. yeah yay. i i hope yeah i hope we get more i know it's it i know it's popular so um hopefully hopefully that does well for it like you know i would like to see hatakayama uh try his hand at some other stuff as well but like he's clearly mm. very good at kaguya so if he likes it keep at it <laughs> um and okay, that will bring us to our last show. And let's ooh, let's try to talk quick here. Um, Ascendance of a Bookworm, uh, the second the second half dropped this past season. Uh, Caitlin, you did not watch that one, but Ryan and I both did. Uh, Ryan, this is another one where I kind of want to keep my mouth shut because I not only have I read the light novels, but I'm also more or less up to date on them. So I'm always worried I'm going to accidentally say something spoilery when I talk about Bookworm, which I didn't have to worry about with right. Villainess um, necessarily. But what are your thoughts on the second part of Bookworm? Uh, So I liked the first season. You know, I I kind of ended with a warm feeling about it. I fucking loved the second half. I I know. (laughs) Excellent. No, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I think the books like continue to get better. And so I'm glad that the anime has like conveyed that for you as well. Yeah, I know we've talked about sort of uh, the books having a little bit more space to expand out on some of these secondary characters and get into some darker implications, which I'm kind of interested to read about. But as somebody who's just watching them, yeah, but even as just somebody who's only watching the anime, I think the anime walks a very interesting line of implying the darker element like it doesn't feel like it's coasting over these dark elements that it doesn't overtly discuss it feels like it's sort of implying them in a way that lets you fill in the gaps without feeling exploitative or although the one thing i did actively miss was the uh the bit of internal monologue where where mine realizes she's just setting up child labor exploitation with the orphanage yeah she has that moment in the books and is like i don't feel good about this but i honestly don't know what else i can do (laughs) so that that um, is the one moment of the anime and i and I definitely don't want to make it sound like like I recommend the books. I actually they're 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 I think they're well written and I think there's there's a lot of thought and care put into the world that you don't necessarily see in in fantasy stories. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I I really appreciate that. And the way it kind of like gradually builds as mine learns more and like starts interacting with different communities. It's really it's it's the books are good. The first couple are a little bit of a slog because there's like a lot of time spent talking about like how to make books and things like that. Um, but I think once it once it gets more into the the sort of social political aspects, it gets really interesting. Um, and I but I don't want I don't want to like make it sound like the books are like grim dark and like go into into great right. detail about some of the darker elements of the show. They don't like the books are still a relatively um, mm-hmm. a gentle read, despite like it's 
I've talked about this in the, you know what, we just should just do a bookworm podcast because (laughs) I think there's a lot we could talk about in terms of like the sociopolitical situation, Mm -hmm. the hierarchy. Um, I think there's some, I think there's some interesting stuff going on with like disability and mind's illness. Um, I think there's a lot of things we could, we could sort of tease out with bookworm and the books just by virtue of being on the page and being like constantly privy to mind's thoughts. And the fact that there's these really nice bonus chapters from other characters perspectives, um, there's just there's just more of that to kind of sink your teeth in and sort of parse, um, mm-hmm. which is why I really like the books. But no, I think the anime, like I I was pleased with the anime. I thought they rushed this part a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, overall I was I'm, and I'm really glad to know that anime only viewers are enjoying it because that was always my concern. Was it like was it like did they spend enough time on this for people to kind of understand where the characters are coming from or, you know, like what mine's internal thought process is here. And for the most part, it seems like, yes, it seems like the show has been satisfying for anime only viewers as well. So yeah, that's as somebody who's like a big fan of sort of courtly intrigue type stories, I really dug how a lot of this season was digging into the fact that when, when mine just like is a, the sort of like stereotypical rebel who flaunts the rules at, you know, mm-hmm. she's gotten to a point where she has some privilege and she can't just do that anymore because it has harmful effects for people who are more vulnerable than her. And I really like the show getting into the nuances on that. Yeah. Like, and that just and like, again, I really hope we get a season three because that just keeps happening. Like like the the sort of delicate, complicated interplay between like minds. The privileges mine has versus where she comes from versus the people around her, like having to her having to navigate that and figuring out how to use the power she has to make change, but also being aware that like in the grand scheme of things, she still really doesn't have that much power um, is really fascinating to watch play out. And it plays out with these characters that I genuinely care about. I think they're very charming um, and and kind of well-realized individuals. Um, and yeah, mine's a great protag, so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bookworm season three. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else you wanted to say about Bookworm before we move, before we wrap this sucker up? Not really. I mean, my, you know, I request more gays and everything I watch, but that's not, that's just like, you know, a general media thing. I really like Bookworm. I, I think all of its characters are lovely and the plot is well told and more, please. Hooray. Uh, there were some, uh, there were some Netflix shows that I thought if we had time, we could touch on a little bit. Um, Doro Hedoro, High School Girl, BNA um, are all things that come to mind. Uh, Caitlin, I know you watch Drifting Dragons as well. Um, let's go ahead and save those because we are at the hour. Um, and like I said, I think summer is going. Summer is a lighter load, um, so uh, maybe we can spend some time on Netflix shows in the coming podcast episodes. Um, yeah, I think it might be a nice way to do that. So. You'll have to get Chiaki on for that. I, I know she's got a lot of feelings about BNA. BNA, I haven't, I'm only a couple episodes in, but uh, I I suspect it might make a good retrospective, kind of like when we did, because we've done that with a few other Netflix shows as well, is it's like, well, let's just sit down and talk about it. Um, so we'll see how mm-hmm. that goes. Maybe maybe that'll be a future podcast as well. Um, if nothing else, we'll, we'll try to touch on it uh, for the summer season. I think that's a good idea, because at this point, we really just haven't had a chance to get into it since it just dropped yeah. a few days ago. Yeah, it, it, like just came out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if everyone's cool with me wrapping us up, I will do so. Any final okay. thoughts? Okay. No. Well, outro time. Here we go. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, 
Tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to www.patreon.com backslash anime feminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, as a fun, I, I, I don't plug this enough and I should. Uh, $1 a month is wonderful. Like every dollar really helps. It goes a long way. Like, so if that's, you know, if you can afford that, it'd be amazing. Please do so. Um, but if you can afford $5 a month, you have access to our Discord. Uh, which is a lot of nerds yelling about a lot of nerdy things. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. So like I do, I recommend our discord um, and like we have channels for like, I, I think sometimes people think that like the Anifem discord would be like a bunch of academics sitting in a room, like having academic anime conversations. That is not our discord. Uh, oh, we have a whole yeah. channel just for like getting together for animal crossing events. And um, I, I named the general anime channel anime butt chat like <laughs> just because <laughs> I I just one day got into a mood and started yelling about butts so so there um. we are uh, yeah it's it is um it's a it's a nice place where you don't necessarily have to worry about like you know feminism 101 conversations like when we do have a resources section for folks who do want to learn more like you can hop in there it's great um but it's 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 nice to just be around like progressive leaning like-minded uh folks who also love to geek out about you know anime and manga and video games and whatnot so um yeah i would say if again times is hard (laughs) um so i totally understand folks who can't but if you've if you've got five extra bucks to to spare a month um i i I would recommend it because then you do get access to that discord channel and you can come you can come chat with folks yeah i've also i met several friends who i hang out in real life now uh through it that's really cool i didn't know that that's awesome yeah we got um, a whole seattle crew yeah sorry that went on way too long um but <laughs> i've been meaning i've been meaning to i've been meaning to plug our discord and like i typically don't mention it and so like yeah that's that's a that's a thing you can get access to uh but regardless of how much you you can or choose to uh to uh donate to our patreon um the support goes a long way towards making anything happen both here on the podcast and on the website um, so we really appreciate uh, everyone who who can do that for us. Uh, if you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, uh, you can check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnimeFem, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, and on Twitter at AnimeFeminist. And that's the podcast. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the season in the comments, AniFam, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.